Welcome, MyDearBrother.com and MyDearSister.com. The answer for our faith. Healing. Receive your healing. Case study. Is guilt the cause of your sickness? Guilt. Emotion causes much sickness. When he had come back to Capernaum several days afterward, he was heard that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four men, being unable to get to him because of the crowd. They removed the roof from him, above him. And when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. You can forgive, who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus, be aware of his spirit, that they, in his spirit, that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say to your paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and pick up your pallet and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, pick up, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up immediately, picked up his pallet, and went out of the sight of everyone. So they were all amazed and glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. So let's start in the beginning. It was heard that he was at home. It was heard that he was at home. Have you heard that Jesus is at home? Have you heard that Jesus is at home on the throne, making intercession for you and me to all those who received his blood by faith and are born again, blood bought? Jesus is home. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Here's this man being persecuted and, and being uh, killed, martyred. And he saw Jesus was at home, standing at the right hand of God. Therefore, he is also able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, and since he always lives to make intercession for them. So Jesus is on the throne of God, the right hand of God, making intercession for us. Jesus is at home. And as soon as we know that he is at home, that he is not dead in some grave, that he is not gone, that he is alive and well, sitting on the right hand of God, making intercession for us, not only for our sins, for our eternal life, but also for our health then we know that Jesus at home is on the throne. There is no longer room, not even near the door. People will keep you from hearing Jesus. People will keep you out from hearing Jesus. They'll lock you out. People love to hear, but hear as they often, is where they often stop. One scripture talks about not be hearers only, but also doers of the word, lest you deceive yourself. I'm talking about there's a lot of people blocking us, blocking the way to get in church, blocking us the way from hearing God, blocking us from Jesus. People will block the door so that you can't come in like these people could not come in. They couldn't find an edgeway, edgeway to get in. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people. For you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who, who are entering to go in. This is a whole lot more than this eternal life. These Pharisees were blocking everything. They were blocking everything for people because they wanted to grab all the riches, all the glory unto themselves. So they were blocking everything that the kingdom of God was about. And Jesus was upset. So there may be people blocking you saying, you know, kingdom of God is, you know, we just need to believe eternal life. That back, you know, someday we'll fly away. Just forget about all the, all the things now. You just and quit being so carnal minded and just think about, you know, being heavenly minded. Well, we need to be heavenly minded. But we also have a carnal world, which means natural world that we got to live in. We can't be so heavenly minded we're no earthly good. And we can't be so earthly minded we never make it to heaven. We need to have, we need, we're living in two worlds. 
We may not be in the world, but not of the world, but we're still in the world. So we still have carnal requests, natural requests that need to be satisfied. And Jesus' blood satisfied those things. But there's some people that are so spiritual, they think so anyway, that they want to block all those things, including healing and also prosperity and other things from the people. And the kingdom of God is made of those things. And they came... And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. It is good to have friends with faith. It's good to have people surrounding you that have faith that God wants to heal you, is willing to heal you, and they're willing to go on the journey with you, even if it means, you know, taking a day off from work, picking you up and taking you to a church service, or taking you and reading the Bible to you, or being with you and taking you to Jesus, praying for you. It is good to have friends with faith. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that you may that they may ask, it should be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. It is good to have friends of faith that are willing to grab our hand and say, let's go to God. Let's go to Jesus and receive this healing. I'm with you. I know that God wants to heal you. He's not holding anything back from you, but he is there for you. His compassion still goes out for, to you. And they removed the roof above them. They remove the roof above Jesus. Go higher. Remove the roof of unbelief given to you by the crowds. I'm telling you, there's this law by John Maxwell talking about the law of the lid. You can never rise above the law of the lid. You can never rise above those people who are teaching you. And sometimes you need to go to different churches. Sometimes you need to leave the people because they put a lid, they put a ceiling on you about your faith. You can only, you can only believe this high because that's as far as they believed. That's as far as they're willing to go with Jesus. Well, we need to go farther with Jesus. You know, John and Peter rent, I've they heard about Jesus. John took off first, um, but Peter actually went past John because into the into um, where Jesus was uh, was buried. Well, not buried, but you know he's in, in the cave and so forth. The rocks put on. He went past him. Well, we've got to know. Sometimes there's a lid put on us because of our tradition. There's a lid put on us because of our family. There's a lid put on us because of the, the you know the family that we have or so forth. Well, we need to remove the roof, remove that lid, so we can get to Jesus. Go higher. Remove the roof of unbelief given to you by the crowds. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are your thoughts. You know, God didn't say that, like to say, you know, nana nana or something like some stupid childish things. I got thoughts you'll never have, and I have ways you never had. No, God shares his thoughts with us, shares his ways through us, through us, through scripture and through prayer. So we need to not stop where, you know, where bad religion stops saying we can never know God. We never know what he's going to do. You know, God works in mysterious ways. Maybe he will, maybe you're not. No, get into God's thoughts. Find out what that he thinks for you. Think that he has plans for you. He knows his thoughts towards us, and they're good, not for evil. They're for good. And his ways of doing things. His ways are higher than our ways. Many times we do try to do lower ways. We try to go different ways and so forth, like a mouse or something. I don't know why that came to mind. But here's another thing. Dug an opening. Once on that roof, they dug an opening. They got on the roof and they dug an opening. Dig deep into the word of the Spirit. He that believes on me, as the scripture have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. John 7, 38. If you're born again, your spirit is connected with God. You have water. You have living water in your belly. But sometimes the care of this world and, and sickness has stopped up that well. You stopped up that. And so so you need to unblock that. You need to unblock that and start speaking the word. You need to redig that opening. There's a place, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was Jacob or um, Isaac. But anyway, there was a well that was that was there was Abraham's and it was, and it was a bunch of rocks thrown into it after they left. And so Isaac came by and he redug that well. Then there was contention over that. So he dug another well, contention over that. Then he finally dug, uh, dug another well. 
But sometimes that happens. Sometimes you 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 flowed with the word of God. You flowed. Rivers of living water came out of you one time, but carried this world or other people put bricks in you and put and stopped up that well and said God's not going to heal you. You must have sinned. You know you have a bunch of Job's friends. You know Job had three friends. There's a fourth friend that came by. He was actually a good, good guy, but he had three friends that didn't help Job at all. But these guys here, they help this man. So, but you need to let rivers, living water, flow out of you. You need to speak the word of God and just let it flow from your spirit. You're not going to be able to let it flow if you're sick and hurting your body. You're just not going to be able to give it, but your spirit can. Isaiah 12, uh, verse 2 through 3. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. You're born again. You have eternal life. So you have eternal amount of water. You don't, there's no limit of water. There's no beginning, no end of water. Just let it flow out of you by speaking the word of God. So you've got to dig deep into the word of God. Dig deep in the spirit. Whole, you know, it says, with deep calls unto deep, another place. So let the word of God flow out of you. Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, that's a strange one to say to somebody sick. He didn't ask to be healed. He's, I mean, he's out there, you know, paralytic. Which is easier for you to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and pick up your pilot and walk? This is what I've been talking about. Many of us are sick, and we need to hear that we're forgiven, just like the guy with leper. He needed to know that he was cleansed. Well, many of us need to know we're forgiven, that our sins have been washed away. We're sick because of guilt and condemnation and judgment has got us down. This guy was paralytic. Some of us are paralyzed. Many, many of you are watching this. You're paralyzed by depression. You've been broken down so much. How much you remember you used to serve the Lord and love the Lord, and then you got in some, made some wrong decisions, went down some wrong path, got involved with some wrong people, committed adultery or whatever it is. And now you're you're frozen. Now you're paralytic because you don't know if you can go to God, but you're too afraid to be carried off somewhere else. But you can go to God. Your sins, your sins are forgiven. You've been forgiven. You repented. You stopped what you did. You saw what you got. You turned away from your sin. Your sins are forgiven. So much sickness is caused by past sin, guilt, and condemnation. Why did Jesus say you are forgiven? Why not just be healed according to your faith like he said to so many other people? Because many of you don't need to hear that you're healed. You need to know that you're forgiven, that you're loved, that you're blessed, that God has removed the guilt from you and shame from you, that he's not condemning you, he's not holding anything against you, that he has got plans for you, and they're for good and not for evil. Do you believe and deserve the curse of sin is in your body because of past sin? Do you believe, maybe you did get sick because you're doing something, maybe, you know, so, so forth. But do you think you have to stay there? Do you think you have to stay sick because God made you that way because of what sin you were doing? You know, what you caught in dark can be erased in the light. What you caught in the dark can be erased in the light. So even if you were sinning in dark, Jesus, who's the light of the world, can remove it from you. The spirit of man can endure his sickness, but as a broken spirit, who can bear it? Telling you what, man, guilt, shame, condemnation, they're all, you know, the penalty of sin. And, and, and Satan is definitely going to use those things. And even our heart condemns us. If our heart condemns us, God knows all things, which means he can heal his heart. But a broken spirit, who can bear it? It's hard to bear. That's why a lot of people move on. You know, they get sick and die early because their spirit just can't bear it anymore. And, but if we know that... To, being a situation, your spirit should be growing right now. Your spirit should be made strong by the blood of Jesus and what I'm saying here. And, and, and so that you can not only endure this, but outlast this, overcome this sickness and disease. So why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? This is what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees. Why are you reasoning? So stop reasoning, only believe. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. This scripture comes from Luke 2.19 when, when an angel came and told uh, Mary that she was going to uh, give birth to a Savior um, and that she's going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. But Mary says she's pondering his heart. So what's the difference between pondering in your heart and these Pharisees who reason in their heart? 
or even uh, John the Baptist, you know, uh, father. He he asks the angel the same thing about you know get, about John the Baptist being born. And he says, how how can I believe since I'm old? How come his mouth was, was shut up, but Mary wasn't shut up and she was blessed? Because there's a difference between reasoning and pondering. Pondering means to take in. Pondering means to think about. Man, I'm looking forward to something. Me not believing this, I'm not quite sure how this is going to happen. So you're thinking of a way this could happen. You're just pondering those things. But reasoning is opposite. Reasoning is giving all the reasons why this shouldn't be happening, why this won't happen. And so these Pharisees were reasoning. He can't forgive sins. He can't raise the, you know raise people up from that kind of thing. They're reasoning why he all those things he couldn't do. But but Mary was here. She was pondering. Wow. And that's what you need to do. You need to ponder. God, you can heal me. How are you going to heal me? You can heal me this way or this way or this way or this day or this day. And this how, this how. Ponder those things. Ponder the healing scripture. Ponder those kind of things so they grow in your heart and come forth. So don't reason why you still need to still remain sick. Don't reason yourself into sickness. Christ redeemed us from the cursed law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Galatians 3, 13. Jesus became the curse. Of course, the curse of sin is death. The wage of sin is death. But you know, there's a lot of different wages. You know, there's minimum wage and there's maximum wage. The maximum wage of, of sin is eternal death. But there's also minimum wage. And many of us are sick you know, of different things because we got out of light and into darkness. And in darkness is where we get sick. We don't get sick in the light. We get sick in the darkness. Or so there's other reasons we get sick. And we'll talk about that later on in this series. But Jesus took upon the curse. The, the curse upon that so we can be made well. So this is what I like to say. You've heard the saying, you made your bed now lying in it. Well, I'm telling you. You made your bed, now pick it up and be done with it, mydearbrother.com and mydearsister.com.